Holy jumping. Did I ever learn a lot today with our guest, Karen Hamann from Shell Rotilla. And we're talking about engine lubricants, and I knew nothing. It's a great interview. You've got to join us. Karen is next. Welcome to the Trucking Risk and Insurance Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Trucking Risk and Insurance Podcast, where our guest today is Karen Hallman, and she is all going to talk to us about lubrication. Now, what could we possibly need to lubricate when it comes to the trucking industry other than our minds? Well, we're going to talk about essential lubrication that you need to keep your engine going. Karen, welcome to the the show. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Cool. This is going to be kind of fun because I know nothing about oils and and stuff like that. Johnny's got some experience, but Karen, can you first introduce yourself? Who do you work for and uh, what's your background? Sure. I am the OEM technical manager for Shell Rotella. And I have um, been with Shell for about 12 years, and um, I work um, to support our, our technology department and, and R&D and communicate with customers and uh, truck OEMs and um, basically act as a product application specialist to make sure that everybody is um, selecting the right products for their, their hardware. And you also come on to podcasts. I do. I do. <laughs> cool. Do, do you get into into um, involved with the um, the testing? Um, you know, when it comes to lubricants and oils and whatnot for different environments. I do. I'm pretty heavily involved both with Rotella internally in our in our product and development research and development in the testing, and also at, at the industry level at the API um, service category level. Um, I'm the chair of the uh, new category development team. That's one thing that's exciting now going on is where the industry is is upgrading the minimum standard, and I'm very heavily involved in that process. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. What do you mean by upgrading the standard? So your oil recommendation that you get from your engine manufacturer is going to say API CK4, that's the current standard. And that's just the specification. It's the minimum performance standards that they require for an oil that they recommend that you use in your engine. Okay. Hmm. See, Hmm. yeah, Yeah, I'm going to ask a bunch of these stupid questions because I really don't understand anything about it. (laughs) Uh, But some of our guests may be the same as me, but anyways, Johnny, go ahead. I was just going to say, let's let's educate our, our listeners a little bit here, because I know there's a lot of people that go, they hear a lot about this synthetic, full synthetic, semi-synthetic. What's, what's the difference between synthetic and the regular oil we are just used to using? Synthetic oil is... Um, it's, it's the base oils that we use. They're more highly refined, and they have better... Um, protection, better properties at extreme temperatures, both in the cold and the hot. So everybody knows that your oil changes viscosity with the temperature. When it heats up, it gets thinner. When when it's cold, it gets thick. So synthetic base oils are more temperature stable across a range of temperatures. So it allows us to have more of a 
um, a consistent environment for the oil to operate in and, and offers higher protection. Mm, okay. So, so obviously that's, that's going to be a big plus come cold startup uh, and stuff along that line. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, okay. so the oil, your viscosity grade, you've got the two numbers, the XW and then the, you know, a 15W40. Well, the first number tells you it's the winter number and tells you how how pumpable it is at cold temperatures is really how yeah. that's defined. So when you're cold and in the winter, you want to have a, a, the lowest number on that first number, 5W, 0W, then right. the oil is, is, is more pumpable when it's cold. Right. I was going to say, because that's something that I use in my, I have a diesel engine in my Jeep and uh, I use either the 0W or the 5W uh, in my little diesel engine, which I know makes it a lot easier to pump and get that thing to start in the mornings. Yep. It's a lot easier on your starter and your battery and your critical parts get lubricated faster, just better all around. How does it affect the trucks? Um, We're, a lot of my customers excuse me, are located up here in the north, and but they do California, or so they, they run to Texas. How does that affect things when the truck leaves uh, the north and gets down into the warmer, sunnier, I hope, climates? If you've got a zero uh, or a five viscosity, <laughs> I can't even say the well, that's where That's where the second number comes in. So a zero W40 offers you protection at the widest range of temperatures. The higher that second number is, the more viscosity control we have at high temperatures. So if you're running north to south, hot to cold consistently, you want to have that that widest range of temperature protection would be a 0W40. Okay. Can you say that one more time? Because I think that's uh, really important if you're running from the cold temperatures to the warm temperatures, You, what's the range of numbers you'd like to see? So the first number is the cold temperature. The lower, the better for cold. And the second number is hot temperature. The higher, the better. So the wider the range of those numbers, 0W40 is the widest range, um, will cover both ends of the spectrum. Hmm. And... Require it requires synthetic base oils to be able to accomplish both sides of the spectrum at the same time, uh-huh. Uh-huh. which is where your synthetic comes in. Right. So they're better off running synthetic than uh, okay. typical oil. There. Right. Okay. See, I'm learning. Don't <laughs> <laughs> be well, <laughs> I was going to say one one way that might really help you, Chris, is if we took and, you know, at, at minus 20 outside and we got a Mr. Turtle Pool with the 040 in it, right? And then if we took another Mr. Turtle Pool and we put like 15W40 in it and then we let you swim in each one of the of the, of the baths of oil and you could tell us which is slipperier and uh, easier to move around in. Oh, there, that's... Yep. Uh, I'm not going outside of this. I'm sure your wife. I commented that too. You would be able to swim through the zero W40 faster, which is why you'd have better, which is why it gives you better fuel economy. There you go. There you you go. go. And your wife would probably, probably come up with a smart ass comment for you, Chris. 
Well, I was just Not thinking only- our listeners and viewers really don't want to see me in a bathing suit at all. So, uh, <laughs> nor do they want to see me covered in oil. <laughs> no, we're anyway. So, is it necessary? Um, why would I run zero forty all year round, or is it necessary to better for the engine to be switching? Uh, sorry, you're shaking your head. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you can run you can run it year round. There's no there's no detrimental effect. It's just offering you protection at those stre- extreme temperatures when they occur, and everything in between. So you can run that year round, no problem. Cool. Okay, because of course you know up here. Uh, you being from formerly from Cleveland, summers can get very hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. I was going to say an interesting fact. So, and and maybe you can help me to understand this. So, I have a classic car, 1975 uh, Buick uh, gas engine, and I have uh, been informed long, long time ago to use a heavyweight diesel style oil in it uh, because of the old style lifters that are in it and the old, you know, the old technology that's in it. So I run uh, Shell Rotella T1540 in that thing. It doesn't run in the wintertime, obviously, uh, but I I get better protection by utilizing um, that grade of oil. Why would that be? So over the years, uh, the engineers and the uh, car manufacturers, engine manufacturers have done a very good job of engineering out a wear problem. You know, we have more parts that roll instead of slide. And if you've got a 1975 old valve train, it's probably a flap tap at lots of sliding parts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So also over the last decades, we have refined and optimized our engine oils and um, the additive systems that have kind of grown with the new technologies. And while they are backward compatible, we always make sure that when we upgrade the standard that they're, we go to great lengths to make sure it's backward compatible. You have more protection with a more, heavy, we call it heavily additized, the, it, it's just got better anti-wear more heavy-duty anti-wear protection for that older style hardware that isn't uh, designed, um, you know, as well to prevent wear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, absolutely. So, so, yeah. And does that absolutely. I was going to say, this is good. Yeah, it's good to know because I was going to say, you know, I, I think there's a lot of people out there with classic cars to go, well, oil's oil. You know, and I've always kind of said, eh, it's not. It has its purposes, its applications. And, you know, you need to do a little bit of research on it as to where you should use what oils where. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Would, would you say the same thing for trucks? I mean, we know that there's a lot of trucks running right now that are older than 2000 because they don't want to go ELD. Um, what? considerations for lubrication should those trucks be making or those owners be making? So those trucks will already have obviously a heavy duty diesel engine specification or recommendation. Um, it, and we always recommend um, that you look to your service manual to see what 
what viscosity grade that you should be running. So typically the service manuals will have a kind of a mapped out range of temperatures. You know, if your ambient temperature is between this and this, you need to use, you know, 15W40. If it's, and so it gives you a, a selection based on your operating conditions. And those will also be in the older manuals. And so we recommend that that you follow that because that was that recommendation was de designed at the time that hardware was developed and so that's going to best match the design of the hardware you have see Dan, mm -hmm. i hope all the people that are running the older trucks listen yeah yeah read your owner's manual and i'm sure most <laughs> well no i mean damn i i drive a newer car and I've never read the owner's manual. I mean, who who does? Um, well, and I was going to say, it's also important for like if, if for a fleet that if you've got your own mechanic shop and whatnot, um, that you understand what lubricants are required for which vehicle and stuff like that. So if you're running some older trucks uh, and with a mix of newer equipment, um, maybe one oil is not going to be the answer. Maybe you need a couple of different viscosities there for the older trucks and the newer trucks. Yeah, I know that's always a, a sticking point with adding complexity, having more than one oil. If you've got if you've got multiple trucks, and there's scenarios where you can use kind of the least common denominator, but you want to make sure that that you're picking the right one. If you're going to, um, you know, if you're going to err on one side, you want to make sure that you're you're, you're picking the right oil based on your hardware. Mm -hmm. So it's always always good to to understand. You know, there's other things like. Um, it affects your could affect your oil pressure because of the viscosity. So, depending on the way the oil pump was designed, you know your older mm -hmm. twenty five thirty year old engine may need a thicker oil to maintain that that pressure. That's why we just we recommend that you use your you know utilize the owner's manual. I know nobody reads it, but I mean, and sometimes you know over the years the engine manufacturers can can update because oils increased in um in quality over time so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do some research and maybe the engine original equipment manufacturer has um kind of done a a backward compatibility backward compatible recommendation that you know when your truck was manufactured in 1995 we said use this but now you can use you know y instead mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I was going to say that's where that's where it's good for um, your maintenance team to be in conversation with those engine and vehicle manufacturers on a routine basis, you know, to get those updates and know what they can and cannot use or what they should and shouldn't be using. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. And that's what we do at Shell. That's my job is to to help make sure that our customers are are clear on what it, what should I be using? You know, this mm -hmm. is my situation. Mm -hmm. This is where I'm at. This is my hardware. You know, what all yep. do I use? Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, so I was just going to say, so because a, a lot of companies um, are going to have an oil supplier because they'll probably be buying their, their oil in bulk. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you've got a mix of manufacturers in, in, your, in your fleet, then, hey, talk to your suppliers uh, with your lubricants and oils. They'll be able to also help you to understand which you should be using for which vehicles or knowing that, oh, no, this one will do everything. You'll be okay with this. So, right. you know, have, having right. those conversations is going to be key. Yeah, that's right. We can help you. If you have to have one oil for everything, we can help you find that 
kind of least common denominator and help you understand what you're gaining and what you're losing by doing that. Um, right. You know, fuel economy obviously is is top of mind now, and you know the thinner the oil, the better the fuel economy. And if that's yeah. the end all, be all, then you know we'll kind of go over what the what the pros and cons are and help you decide what's best for your particular situation. Sure, sure. Can, can you answer a question? Because and I really don't know how to say, it, but what what's the difference between synthetic oil and oil? And whether it applies to cars or trucks, um, you're more in trucks, I would believe. But uh, what is is there an advantage, I guess, to using synthetic? So synthetic oil just means that the base oil, so oil consists of the base oil, the hydrocarbon, plus um, chemistry that helps with anti-wear, anti-oxidation, and all of the additive chemistry. So, you know, you're probably about 75% of the oil is base oil. And when we say synthetic oil, we're talking about oils that are more base oils that are more highly refined. And so, you know, the molecules are more uniformly shaped is, is why they, why it performs better. And I've got a really good visual. I don't have it here. I wish I could. I wish I had it here. But if you take a, if you imagine a picture of ball bearings, pile of ball bearings, and a picture of uh, the same pile of gravel, you could say the gravel represents the conventional oil and the ball bearings represent the, oh. the synthetic oil. So you can kind of think of that. That's what I mean when I say more highly refined. Mm-hmm. And, so they I mean, just perform, it just performs better. And that's a great visual. And it also answers, in my mind at least, a second question as to why synthetic is often priced higher. And you've mm-hmm. answered that because it's, it's more refined. You've put more work into it to make right. those molecules all the same size so that the, it works better in the engine. That's right. And we just have more control with the chemistry over something that's more uniformly shaped molecularly. And I'm, I'm not a chemist. And so I got to make sure I stay in my lane. I'm a mechanical engineer, so I have to be careful. I can give you my, my dumb mechanical engineer explanation for how these things work, but um, there is a, a chemical, you know, component to it that we have some people that. that. No, I liked your visual of the bearing of the ball bearings and the rocks. I understood that. Yeah, that's my mechanical engineer's version of how they're different chemically because I'm not a chemist. I like that. I like that. So yeah. It was visual and it was simple enough for me to understand, which you know, hopefully the rest of the audience uh, is a lot smarter than me. And you know, I got it. It was good. <laughs> yep, I followed you, Chris. I thought it was good. So yeah, so yeah. So so, let me, why are we seeing continuous evolvement in oil specifications? Why isn't it just, you know, what manufacturers? Here's your oil. Live with it. Deal with it. Move on. Well, that's primarily driven by federal regulations and pressures that the engine manufacturers have on reducing emission requirements. And so we at Shell work very closely with the big engine manufacturers and we kind of 
co-develop the oil and the new engine hardware at the same time. So they're having to do different hardware designs in order to accomplish these emission reductions. And that requires performance changes of the oil. So for example, um, if they want to, and this is just a very generic example I'm, I'm just coming up with, if they want to lower the viscosity to get better fuel economy, then they could perhaps heat the oil up and make the operating temperature of the oil because we know that as oil gets hotter, it gets thinner. So they can control the viscosity with temperature and they can say, hey, I want to crank up my operating temperature by 10 degrees. Well, if you do that to the oil, oil oxidizes and gets thick based on time and temperature. So they may come to us and say, can you give me something that's more oxidatively stable to allow me to increase my temperatures? Or they may say, um, can you give me something that's more oxidatively stable so that I can offer my customer longer oil drain intervals? So we work with them to facilitate the changes that they need to make to accomplish their goals by increasing the performance of the oil. Hmm. Hmm. That's the one thing I've noticed a lot is um, oil changes have gotten... Uh, many more col uh, many more miles or kilometers in between changes uh, over the years. And that talks to what you were just saying, doesn't it? That's a function of two things, engine design um, and oil quality. So an engine manufacturer can can design their engine to be a little less harsh on the oil. And we as oil suppliers can you know, use our, our chemistry and our things that we're doing for improvements to make oil last longer in a harsh environment. See, I'm learning so much today, but you no, know, and I'm being a little silly about it, but this is all stuff that I've had no idea about. Um, and I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> this has been great. Yeah. What else? Karen, what else did we need to discuss about Shell Rotilla? Well, we've got a great line of synthetic blend and full synthetic uh, products, our Rotella T5 and T6. You're talking about being up north and having a wide uh, range of operating conditions with respect to temperature. So we've got full synthetic 10W30s and full synthetic T61540 if you want the full synthetic, but you still want or need that higher viscosity grade. So that's kind of the best of both worlds. Um, we've got the Rotella T6 5W40 and 0W40 also. So there, there's something for every um, every condition out there in the Rotella line for sure. Well, and, and I believe Shell makes uh, oils for other than just engine uh, usage as well, gear oils, uh, other types of lubricants, greases, and stuff like that as well, do they not? Yeah, absolutely. Coolants, greases. Um, I'm not, uh, you know, that's not in my wheelhouse, so I don't really, I don't really know, you know, all the details on that stuff. But yeah, totally, all of our fluids that cover the gamut. So pretty much that truck, any, any truck could be fully outfitted with shell oils and Absolutely. lubricants of any sort. Absolutely. Yeah. And what does the future hold for shell? Um, one of the things that 
I drive an electric vehicle, and I know there's lubricants in an electric vehicle. There's coolants in an electric vehicle, but there's not as many changes of those fluids. Um, how is that going to affect Shell in the future? If you know, just take a, a shot at it. I'm, I'm sure this isn't where your home, where you work, um, but it's just an interesting. As we electrify some of our vehicles, it could be a change, I would imagine. That's true. There are different technical requirements. Electric vehicles still need fluids. They still need some lubrication, greases and those types of things. And so Shell is working to evolve our technology to meet those needs. And it, you're right, it, it's going to look a lot different 50 years from now than it did 50 years ago. And we're we're evolving in that space and providing, we call them e-fluids. You know, we have a, a full line and, you know, an R&D group that's working on the, the fluid needs of electric vehicles as they become more prominent. De definitely. Cool. Thanks. So Last I would suggest here. that you go to the rotella.shell com website. There is a whole team in the background that will guide you to the right product for your application and help answer questions. And if they uh, get a question that, that they, they can't um, answer, you know, offhand, they'll they'll bring me in or shoot it over to me and see if I could. But there's a wealth of information on product selection for your particular situation and i would i would recommend that you start there and that cool. website address is in the show notes down below perfect so karen last word anything else we need to know about shell well i just want to say thanks thanks for having me it was uh great um, talking to you guys and talking to you guys and talking about uh rotella it's it's an exciting time in the engine oil business. I know that sounds really corny, I guess. Um, you know, that's where I am in my life, but um, there's lots of, <laughs> lots of exciting changes coming up with the new uh, category development, which will launch uh, around this time in 2027. And so, um, you know, we'll be out um, at the uh, truck shows throughout the year and talking to people and answering questions and kind of kind of bringing about what what's coming new in the in the coming years um, and what new products that we're launching so um, you know we look forward to to seeing our customers in those spaces for sure uh, awesome I, I can't I, I just imagine that with everything that's changing and all the pressures on the engine manufacturers and the truck manufacturers to reduce uh, environment damage and increase fuel economy and everything else, that uh, engine lubrication has a huge part to play. So there has to be a lot of R&D going on in the background all the time. Absolutely, absolutely. Karen is just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to engines and lubrication. I would encourage you to take a look at the shell sorry, the rotella.shell.com website, and uh, you can get your questions answered there. Thanks, Karen, for coming on the Trucking Risk and Insurance Podcast. It was a great interview, and I'm sure you loved it too. If you've got the time and you appreciated it, give it a thumbs up, leave us a comment, tell us what you would like to hear on the podcast. Chris and Johnny, we're out. See you next week.